Welcome to Mouthing Off with Olivia. Hey guys, it's Olivia Caridi from The Bachelor, the girl with probably the biggest mouth you've ever seen. But now I'm using my huge mouth to talk really smart things with my favorite reality stars, influencers, YouTubers, you name it. They're going to mouth off too. Bam. This is Mouthing Off with Olivia. Guys, I'm so excited to have Ben Higgins on the podcast. Wow. This is cool. No, you're cool. <laughs> What's going on, Olivia? You know, we're both probably <laughs> freaking out. By the time we've recorded this, the the goat, yeah. I guess, has aired. And yeah, whoa. I don't even, you know what was happening. I don't know. So I don't want to speak in terms of knowing, but we can just talk in general about. I've seen it. Yeah, yeah. I know you have. You haven't. Oh. I've seen it. No. You haven't at this point uh so i can give you as much context as you need to walk <laughs> into this uh, well i mean here's what's crazy ben is like i don't know a lot of your story before you know your season like i don't even know how you got on the bachelor before caitlin and brit or bachelorette yeah so um uh, I mean, it backs, I would say when things start to get like relevant in terms of that story, it backs up for okay. about a year and a half before um, I was nominated for the show. So I was in a relationship in college. Okay. Uh, she is now a friend of mine. So this story is so sad and so bad, but it's worth <laughs> sharing. So we were dating in college. She was four years younger than me. Awesome person. Mm -hmm. I thought she was it. She didn't think I was it now that I know. Um, and I, she had a summer internship in Austin, Texas. We were living in Indiana at the time. And so I told her I would drive her to Austin. We would stop in New Orleans on the way down to Austin. And then um, I would drop her off and fly home. And so on our way down, we went to New Orleans, had a great time. Uh, in New Orleans, one night at dinner, she breaks up with me. What? Yeah, I literally were having drinks. I was like, what do you want to drink? And she's like, I'm good. And I was like, oh, okay, do you want to go back to the hotel? uh and just oh. hang out and she's like i think we need a break out of nowhere um oh blindside i mean she would even say it today i think like bl total blindside um, oh my gosh that's tragic tragic and so but the tr most tragic part about it is uh i had to then still drive from new orleans to austin with her uh because i didn't have any <laughs> way home and so i had to drive in a car nine hours with this uh you know, at that point, just friend of mine who I did not want to talk to or be around. And so did you talk at all? No, we didn't say two words. Um, no talking. Oh. It was really, it was really oh. painful. She had her headphones on. Um, and she, I don't know what she did. And I just wanted to drive. <laughs> I was, it was just awful. And like I said, now we're friends. And so it's kind of funny to think back on. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, I was heartbroken, like super actually heartbroken. And so I moved to mm -hmm. Denver to prove a point. Uh, to her and to everybody else, like I was fine. I was going to be fine. I got out to Denver and uh, a few months in, I went to Honduras uh, with a few buddies of mine. We we're on our way home. So we we're connecting in Houston and somebody from the bachelor got on the plane and I, I don't, I forget who it was. Like he was what? just, yeah, I was like, it was from the bachelorette. So it was somebody that was a contestant and my buddy at the time goes, Hey, you should go on that show. And I was like, that's crazy. And it was the first time that it hit me that like people, like normal people from the world just go on that show. Uh, and so then I came back home 
and I was at uh, my work place of work. And two days later, the marketing director walks by my desk and she says, hey, casting call for The Bachelors in Denver. Will you go with me and I'll take you to lunch? She's like, I just love that show and I want to know somebody goes on it. And I was like, I'm not going to a casting call. And she goes, okay, well, other option. Can you come in here and can we sign you up? And I was like, you know what? How weird is that? that this is happening twice. Yes, you can sign me up and I'll be in there with you. <laughs> so we did it. And... Um, you know, the rest is history. So I really just ended up on the show because of, <clears throat> I think some like pretty connected yet ironic circumstances led me to a yeah. place and I'll, and I'll end it here and tie a bow on it. Whereas, uh, when I got asked, I wanted to still have a job. And so I said, Hey, if my work doesn't allow right. me, I'm not going to go. And they said, go. And then I told my family and they said, go. And I told my friends and they said, go. And so no door closed and I did it. And I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm really glad I did. So that's how I got on. So you had never seen the show before this though? No, I had. I just like, I watch okay. it as such a fan that right, right, right. I didn't realize like when I saw, like I, I think one of my first seasons was probably like Sean Lowe's or somebody. And I remember watching it being like, a f a, just like thinking Sean Lowe was a character, like not knowing that Sean Lowe was actually like an insurance salesman in Dallas or whatever he was before this, like thinking, oh, this dude's just such a stud that like... He's he's a character, not a, like a he's not like me. You go on the show, and then you're literally on a show that's completely different than all the others because it starts with two bachelorettes. Yeah, what's on your mind at that moment? Um, so Olivia, like my first time to L.A. was the first two days before the Bachelorette, and so at that moment, I wasn't thinking much, nor was I thinking clearly on anything. I, I mean. <laughs> I don't know if you could, uh, you know, I don't know if you go back to night one and say the same thing, but for me, yeah. like oh, man. my night one through like, I mean, at one point the show actually pulled me aside and this is not a lie. I don't know if I've ever shared this. They actually pulled me aside. Like, I think it was probably a week and a half in on the bachelorette and said, Hey, like we like you, uh, and we know you, but you need to stop sleeping because <laughs> like nobody's going to get to know you and you're no good to Caitlin or anybody here. And so I was sleeping because I was nervous, like sleeping to as like a, a defense that I wouldn't have to be involved in the drama, be involved in the conversations. I could, I was sleeping because I was just so anxious. Um, it wasn't because I, I'm like a big sleeper. I was just super anxious. So <laughs> when it was two girl, two girls, like, uh, honestly, at that point, I was a, just like so into Brit and Caitlin that I was just like, this is the stupid, like, why am I here? Like th these girls, these <laughs> girls are like, I mean, they're, they're gorgeous and smart and funny. And like, I mean, I'm, I was selling software for like a little bit above minimum wage. Like I didn't think I belonged. <laughs> Here's what I wonder, because I've said this before. I felt like pretty well mid through our season that like you were just so into Lauren. So I'm curious, did you have the feeling with Caitlin that she was super into Sean? Oh, yes. Olivia, you got to remember I was Sean's roommate. And there's also this scene that Caitlin really doesn't like me to bring up. Um, right. The you call her out for. Yeah. Yeah. She snuck into the room like when I was in there and like I was yeah. <laughs> like I like I was a, I was not I was not welcome to that party, but I was still in the room like I was I was definitely the outsider. So and oh. granted, it was such a tragic situation in terms of a relationship piece 
that like, you know, I was going to go home. Like I had said, Hey, I'm going home. Like I know where this is playing out. And I was thinking at the time, like, I'm just here for you, Caitlin. And I know you don't like me as much as you like Sean. And so like, there's no reason for me to be here any longer. She did a terrific job of convincing me to stay. Like, Oh yeah. Like, and I was convinced that I belong there then like, okay, I'm here. I need to be here. You want me here. Uh, and I still, I mean, I think she did because I think we were good friends and I think it was like easy, but I also know there was a, a kind of a bigger plan probably in place. Um, yeah, yeah. But yes, I did know she was in the shot. Isn't it funny how you can like convince yourself like, oh yeah, okay. Maybe, maybe there is a chance. So you're saying there's a chance. Well, there's no chance. Well, because <laughs> there was always, so I, uh, one of the people had given me advice cause they're just awesome is Desiree and, uh, Chris, uh, and you know, she's, like was not into Chris till like the very end. And now they have kids together. And so there was always this, even as the bachelor, you're always wondering uh, for, okay. So like one of the tricks to the trade is like, you're always wondering what's going to come up next. Like when is everything going to drop and you're going to find out something about somebody that is like a deal breaker and you're not going to be able to be there any like you're not into it any longer. And so Bachelorette and Bachelor, like that was always on the back of my mind. I mean, even till after the show, like it never left you to go at some point, I'm going to figure out something. And so I need to try my best to stay open and get to know as many people as possible. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, that's... uh quite frankly, like that's it. And, and so, yes, you might like want to shut down. Yes. You're trying to convince yourself to stay, but you're also understanding that like this whole environment's so wacky that within a day, all relationships could change. Well, what's crazy is you say, you, you know, you were sleeping on the show yeah. for a while. Then, you know, you kind of are thinking I'm going to get sent home. Maybe not, but probably. And then you become the bachelor. Mm -hmm. Like, what is that conversation like after the show? Did you ever think I'm going to be in this position right now? Uh, well, it's hard for me to remember exactly because I do remember a few individual conversations that I had that started to like open my mind up to doing it. So one was Caitlin lets me go and yeah. she gives me a hug and she says some really nice things to me. Um, and I'm sitting then in a bar that night and Chris Harrison comes in and there's like no cameras and he just goes, Hey, what are you going to do? Like, wh what's up? What's going on? Where, how, how you doing? <laughs> and I was like, man, I'm struggling. And he's like, yeah, he's like, I know. He's like, I've, you know, I've been around. And he gives me this advice. He goes, well, I, I, and I told him, I said, Hey, I'm just going to go back to Denver and go back to work. And like, everything's going to be fine. And he goes, Ben, don't be naive. Like this is, this is going to change things a bit, but he goes, do your best to use this whole experience to enhance your life and not change it completely. And then he just kind of mm -hmm. left it there. And then the second one was I went back up to my room and I was laying in my bed. And uh, at the time there was uh, the executive producer of the show came in just to check on me. And she said, mm -hmm. uh, how are you doing? I said, hey, you know, I'm not great. Like I'm struggling. I'm, I'm confused <laughs> on how this happened so fast. And she goes, are you, do you think you'll be able to get yourself in a position to be open to try to find love again? And I was like, weird question um <laughs> especially now and, uh i'm still kind of heartbroken I think, yeah maybe. and so it was the first moment that like i started to understand like that that was a possibility and then as the season aired you started to see like the writing on the wall like you started to see 
who how this is playing out like i you know you, there's always rumors of four or five different people so i was always on edge about it but then then they asked it was just literally a simple phone call like i think it went like hey how would you like to be the bachelor and i was like uh i think it sounds pretty good and then <laughs> let's do it and then <laughs> then we get started wow and then did any former bachelors or even bachelorettes give you any like great advice that really helped you if you think of your whole experience? Yeah. And I, and I just want to be clear. I say that like that conversation is like kind of really how it goes. Like I didn't say that to be funny. Like I really remember it being a producer calling me like, how would you like to be the bachelor? And me saying, and you said, okay. I think it sounds good. And then calling my dad and mom be like, Hey guys, <laughs> I'm the bachelor. And they're like, I think they just were like, how, like any parent would react. Like, I don't know if this is good or bad, but okay. And that sounds wild. And then we all started like cry and, like get re really weird together. And then like, I, <laughs> like that's really how it went down. There's no like thrills to that whole moment. Um, yeah. So then, uh, your next question was what? Sorry. Like advice that oh. any bachelor or bachelorette gave. You. I reached out to, uh, Sean Lowe. Uh, I called him, uh, and talked to him for just a, a little bit of time about kind of what to expect and how to go through it. Uh, and then, you know, actually the best advice I was ever given was from, and, I'm, and this is true, like on my night one or the day before or during the day, uh, Jason Mesnick, Souls and, and Sean Lowe came to the house and we sat down together for the first time I had met them in person. And I realized how much they were like me, especially like, you know, Mesnick is just such a uh, likable figure. Souls, you know, Sean, they're all like really likable guys, but Mesnick just has this way of like, making fun of the whole scenario without like demeaning it. <laughs> and so I walked away from that being like, I can do this now. Like I, like these guys are not that different than from me. Like I can do this thing and do it fairly well. And that was really the, mo the biggest moment for me. And it's why I love those moments now when I get invited back to do them, because I just remember how important they were. Well, we have a Facebook question from Kellen Uhelski. Sorry if I messed up your last name. Can he give a pep talk to the people who feel unlovable? <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Um, you know, the one thing, my pep talk would just be uh, that you're definitely not alone would be one. Like, I think that's pretty obvious, right? But you need to sit in, inside and just like realize that you're not an outsider there. Um The second is the more the, like ever since I admitted that it's incredible. Like that's the one thing that I still to this day get the most response on. So you're definitely yeah. uh, not alone in the idea that you are unlovable or just even like more unlikable. And I and I really think it comes from from this. And and I think it honestly in a, in a lot of ways is a sign of who the per like if you feel that way, it's a sign of who you are because one, you're trying your best to understand yourself. And the more you understand yourself, the less you like about yourself. And you probably don't like these things about yourself because one, you don't think you're interesting enough. Maybe you don't think you're funny enough, good looking enough, smart enough, athletic enough, enough, right? You don't feel like you have a seat at the table in life. And, uh, Olivia, when I'm on it, like when people are honest with me and you can always kind of tell when they are, I think everybody feels that like everybody has the, the feeling of not being enough. And that's not that that's not to say that like it, it like I'm, I believe this, our shared pain and our shared suffering is the thing that maybe connects us the most because it's the one thing that we all have and can experience. And so my pep talk would be never stop trying to 
take the next best step, even in the midst of great pain and great, um, and, and what you feel is great insufficiency because so th- there's, there's a lot that we're learning through the process of discovering who we are in the midst of feeling unlovable. Great answer. Can't, can't top that. You should try. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm working on it. I want to know stuff from your perspective, right? So like yeah. night one, just like, what is that like for the bachelor? Like, uh, I, I can't imagine. I mean, yeah, I can walk you through like kind of the day step by step and, yeah. So you wake up in the morning, you realize it's the day, you do a little press um, and kind of get ready for the evening time. Uh, and then there's a lot of like, I worked out. Uh, I had a lot of like, uh, so after working out, um, you have a lot of downtime then. So you do press, workout, downtime, just kind of getting like rested because the night is so long. It's so long. Yeah, it's yeah. so long. And then as soon as like, I feel like it was like 6.30 hit, uh, we went to the mansion and there's a, a bathroom upstairs that they use for like a dressing room and they ordered me sushi. So we had a ton of sushi up there. Uh, the like executives from ABC and from like NZK come up and they say, hey, and then you have like people that are going to be there on night one because there's a little bit of an audience on night one, like off to the side of people who are either executives or celebrities who love the show. And so people come up and start saying hi to you. Uh, and then you get like your hair and makeup done, but you really as a bachelor only get your hair and makeup done one time. And that's well, two times, I guess on that night and then the last night. And so the rest of the time you're, yeah, you're pretty, pretty free of, of anybody grooming you, you get your suit on. And then, um, Chris comes up, says, Hey, just checks in. And then you go down to the the driveway as soon as it gets dark, really. <laughs> and the first limo arrives. Like I walked out, Chris and I had our little talk, and right away a limo came up. And it's just so surreal. Oh my god! It's so surreal yeah. because you're standing <laughs> down there, not only in front of a mansion you've watched on TV. The 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 driveway's wet. There's cameras all around you. There's this one camera that's like flying. It feels like from the the sky. There's Harrison yes. off to the side, and a limo pulls up and it's dead. Here's the craziest part, which people don't like is it's so quiet because there's nobody talking in the audience because there's nobody, obviously cameras not talking. There's no music. music. Like when you watch the show, there's always music behind it. But like when you're there in real life, it's so quiet and it's eerily quiet and it's so awkward. Like, (laughs) and remember like, I can't remember that really buff, tall guy's name, but he said, once you get out of the limo, you have to count to five and then walk towards Ben. And so you're like awkwardly staring at you for five seconds. Oh, that was really, yeah, that was painfully awkward. (laughs) Yeah. So you, and then like Olivia, like not only are you really nervous, so you're the bachelor, you've just had this whirlwind of a day. You realize that this is the first night of a long, long, some long months you're getting ready to meet all these new people. You're kind of excited, super nervous, uh, really anxious. And then you have all these beautiful women stepping out of a limo and like doing something to like be remembered by. And you're responsible for like responding, yes. which is so hard to do, especially when you're not super comfortable. Uh, so you just try your best to respond for as long as you can and, and try not to make a fool of yourself. Um, but the day, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the day. Wow. And then the whole night, you're probably just, it's like, 
you're just buzzing. Like oh, everyone yeah. wants to talk to you and, you and everyone is telling you something and you have to remember, you're expected to remember all of this stuff. Like, oh, you are. It's just insane. And one of the most common questions I get is like, how do you remember everybody's name? Well, names. Yeah. You know, there's some ways that the show helps with that. But for the most part, I still say the show would love for you to mess up a name because it's great TV. Of course. Yeah. So like you're really like for me, I did a lot of like word association and clothing association. Like, okay, she's wearing a red dress. She told me this, her name's this and like repeating it over and over again in my free time. Cause I did not want to be like, I, I didn't even, I think it's forgivable. I didn't want to be the guy that's blooper reel is me forgetting a name. <laughs> even if everybody's like, I get it. It's night one. Like I didn't want to be that guy. I mean, I just remember we were obviously really pumped out about up about you and we loved watching you on Caitlyn's season. We all had like just really high expectations of you that you were the best bachelor of all time, which a lot of people think you are, but I can't imagine how overwhelming it is to like have to meet that expectation every day, you know? Yeah. It's, I mean, it's still, it's, I mean, I, I talk about a lot through like with my counseling is yeah. And it's like kind of funny in a sense that like it still affects me so much, but I, I didn't know. So one thing is I didn't know that was the perception of me until later on. I'll tell you why. So um, I, f I honestly kind of believed that all the women that walked out of limo like were really great women, but like they were going to say whatever they needed to say to be mm -hmm. to like not, especially on night one to just like be there and not to like say anything mean, like it, no matter who was standing there, they're going to be a fan of it and they were going to be excited. And that it wasn't a lot about me at all. And, it, and it, honestly, I don't think it was, uh, I think it would have been, if any guy was up there on night one, they would have, you all would have been still excited to be there. Um, so I never took that, like the nice words or like that this many people showed up. I didn't let that sink in personally too much. Uh, it wasn't until we were, uh, it was late in the season. So I was in Jamaica and the show showed me that like, cause you don't watch TV during the season. And so the show showed me the commercial that had just come out as a, uh, for my season. And the tagline was the perfect 10. And then yes. 10 was crossed out with Ben. Yes. Yeah. 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 And yeah. it hit me at that moment. I think my very first words were out were like, Oh, well, no going up from here. Like, you know, like once you set that standard, you either live up to that standard or you're just a disappointment. And there's no higher standard than being called perfect because nobody's perfect. And so I was like, this is going to be, this is brutal. Like it's, it's going to be nothing but downhill. And then the second sad part was like, I knew from then on out, people's expectations of me were going to be super high and that I was never going to be able to live up to it. Well, and it's also like, you know, we're all looking forward to this time with you. What if, what if you wake up one morning and you're just not feeling it, but you, you still have to show up like yeah. positive energy. And if you don't, it's like, Oh my gosh, like what's wrong? Well, does he, and, you know, and no excuse, uh, because you, I still had agreed, but like well, one thing that nobody really knew was like, I had a parasite that I'd even know I had for the whole season that ended up like causing me to go into the hospital Right after the what? show, I had a parasite that I got in Central America that, I mean, I lost. So from the time the show started to the time the show ended, I lost 25 pounds. And we thought it was nerves to find out it was a worm growing in my stomach. And so there were days oh my word. 
that like I felt terrible, like so bad uh, physically. But you're right. You have to show up. You have to put on a good face. And a lot of times it's not hard to do. It's it's pretty easy because you're excited and there's always cool dates and new people. But then there's moments like that you don't want to be doing what you're doing or you don't want to be jumping a plane to travel and you have to do it because you've signed up for it. So it's, hey, I'm making it sound a lot worse than it was. Like it's pretty, it's, it's anybody can do it. It's, it doesn't take a, anybody special. All I would say is that perfect 10 thing never really like I never knew to live up to that until the very end when it was pretty much too late to to do anything else. Did you have a favorite date during your season? Uh, I mean, honestly, like the soccer date, I still always say is one of my favorites. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's cool to be uh, with the USA soccer team and then also really cool to see everybody be competitive. It was very relaxed and it was very fun. Um, I also really loved... Uh, the cooking date. So there was a, the cooking date that you were on in Mexico city. And, mm-hmm. um, that was just special because I love to cook. And I, you know, one of the cool parts about it was, uh, everybody was like kind of drinking too. So it was like pretty, it felt very normal, which a lot of the times the dates are like, just like super stressful and everybody's right, on edge. Right, right, yeah. Uh, and I really did like just enjoy the dates that were simple, simple and, and easy. Was there anything that didn't get shown that you wish had made the cut? Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, I, I think you were around for this, but in the Bahamas, uh, mm-hmm. the place you were staying at got caught on fire. I don't know if you remember that. Like somebody burnt toast. Yes, in the, uh, the fire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so nobody was there, but like Fitz, my producer and I were in asleep at the time. We hear the fire alarms go off and we jump out of bed and run <laughs> over and he and I are the very first two people there um to like check in and it was just like every i mean the whole resort had to be evacuated everybody was confused ever all the whole staff had to be woken up like it was it was <laughs> wild it was just a wild experience but um I, I wish that would have been shown because i it was like a really funny cute moment the other one was and and i'll probably embarrass a lot of the girls by saying this but uh <laughs> when we after we went to pig island um a lot of the girls got dysentery because they swallowed the pig poop. And yeah, because you're swimming. In the, Why don't I remember that? I don't know, but you were swimming in the water and there's the pigs like use the restroom in the water. And so you don't realize that like when you're swimming and like it gets in your mouth, like, and like three or four of the girls got super sick. Um, and, and I, I, I'm not mad they didn't show it, but it did add a, like a really funny context to like, the behind the scenes when I'd be talking to one of the girls one-on-one and she'd be like, I'm so sorry, but like, I can't, I, I gotta go. Like, I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, I remember the fire alarm. We had finally like production left. We were finally going to bed. Everyone had kind of just laid down in bed and the fire alarm goes off mm-hmm. and no one's around. And we were running around outside like, help us, help us. Yeah. We had no idea what was going on. It was <laughs> I'm yeah. pretty sure we were screaming for you, obviously, because we were like, Ben, yeah. help. The hero. And I oh. did. I mean, honestly, I was, I got over there, but then like, what am I going to do? Like, <laughs> like, like just, we just wanted you to come show up the hero. Uh, yeah. And that, <laughs> yep, that's right. I'm happy to be there. Oh, well, here's, I mean, obviously one of my favorite moments of the show was the two on one date. It was just, I mean, one of, one of the worst huh? dates of all time. It was so cold. It was pouring. 
I mean, there was nothing fun about that. Zero. Yeah. Behind, I mean, honestly, I did not think we were going to be doing it because I, the storm had came in and it was so rough. <laughs> it, was, it was so rough. Do you remember we were in the boat driving out to this island and we literally had to put towels on top of us because the rain was pelting our faces so like, hard. So hard. Yeah. I also don't oh. know if you remember this, but uh, it's one of my least favorite, most awkward memories from the show. But yes, yeah, so the storm came in. There's huge waves. There was wind. There was rain. It was just terrible weather. It wasn't fun at all for anybody. There was no reason for us to be there. And then no. after I said goodbye to you, you were on the beach standing there and our boat couldn't yeah. get out of the wake. And so it sat there for like <laughs> 45 minutes. And I was just standing, staring at you guys. Yeah, 10 foot from you. And I was like, this... This is so brutal. Like for everybody involved, this is brutal. <laughs> Definitely not fun for Olivia. Like we sh like can like what can we do because our boat couldn't get over the waves. And so we sat there until the waves calmed down to leave while you stood 10 foot from us on an island all alone. All alone. <laughs> all alone. It was brutal. And I'm sorry for that. I've never that was not fun. It's okay. I I'm proud to have I think one of the worst dumpings in bachelor history. That's something I'm going to put on my resume. I'm going to hold it close. The shot of you on the island and the camera lifts up to be like the picture oh. of the whole island and you just on the beach. The helicopter above me, yeah. Mm -hmm. Is is so sad. Beautiful. Um people ask me still like did are you still on the island? Like people like did you yeah, anybody oh yeah. ever come get you? How did you ever get off and how did you get off? I always well, I always make a joke that, yeah, I was like, oh, Ben and Emily, they left on this like beautiful yacht. I don't even really honestly remember what your boat looked like. But of course, I always make the joke that my boat was literally like a tugboat. <laughs> like it was it took, I feel like hours to get back. At that point, I was so cold because, yeah, I've been waiting for 40 minutes for your boat to leave. And so, yeah, it, it was a, like a tugboat. It, I mean... Yeah, and then I just watched you leave in that beautiful yacht, and I don't think ours was a yacht, moment. but I'm glad you remember it that way. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord! Well, here's what's funny: is it's like I feel like nowadays the Bachelor gets to do this thing where they say they love you to two or more women, but you know, you you did it first. So, yeah, <laughs> did you think that that would become? The story, oh my gosh, I can't believe he did that. People were very upset about that. Uh, people were very upset. Um, trust me, people were very upset. No, I did not think that was going to be a story. I thought, I thought it was justifiable, and I'm I learned quickly that it wasn't, and and for a couple of reasons. So when I did it, I did it with the intention um, that I wanted. I, I mean, I truly did, and I believe this. I really did want every single person that come that came onto the show, even if you were let go on night one, to say I was glad I did it. Like, I really wanted this experience because it is unique, it is different, it is hard to process. Like, I just really wanted everybody to know just how like meaningful it was for me that you were there, and and so like the only way I knew how to do that in the context of the show was like through words. You're and right. so when I yeah. got down to that moment, I knew that one of them, if not both of them, were going to go home, not because they weren't great, but because I was conflicted. And I wanted both of them to go home. And I, in my head, I played it out so different. I was thinking they would go home and they'd be like, Mom, Dad, I was sent home. 
Um, but like Ben and I had something so special. Like he, he loved me. He cared about me. It just like, wasn't the right thing in this environment because there was conflict. And I really thought people would see that. I really like, that was my intention. Now I see how just like unhealthy it was for me to say that, especially it feels like I was like playing and toiling with emotions and I was like leading people on. Like I know, and, and I understand that now, but at the time it was me trying to reassure everyone so that they knew exactly where I stood so that when they, and if they went home, they would feel good about being there. Yeah. But why, I mean, but, and it's also like, it's not crazy that uh, you are dating so many. I mean, every single woman that went on that show was amazing, is amazing, like beautiful, like gorgeous. And is it's not why, it's not like inconceivable that you would fall for multiple people. It happens. You just walked so other people could run. Yeah, now you know? now I opened up the floodgates. <laughs> now it's like, tell everybody. Yeah, it's, I love you. I love you. Well, yeah. I can't, I mean, I'll, I'll never know what that's, we wake up the day of engagement day, like, as I said, I thought it was Lauren, but how do you make that choice? What goes into that Ooh, choice? It's not a day of choice. Uh, you know, it, it really was like leading up. Uh, as soon as... Um, I went home after like really starting to communicate with mm-hmm. uh, Jojo and Lauren, my feelings. I went home and I said, Hey, who can I not picture my life without right now? And that's how I asked it. And that's how I answered it. I mean, then I answered it and I, I had a really rough hometown with Jojo. Uh, and, and it scared me a ton for like how her family was going to react to us. Uh, right. What her family yeah. and like family is really important to me. And so um, that was really like one of the biggest deciding factors at the time was just, Hey, I don't think her family liked me at all. I don't think they really want me around. And so I need to reconsider, like, if that's not in the question, if we don't have the time to figure that one out, then like, where am I at in my relationship with Lauren? And, and it was pretty clear to me that, yeah, I, I, I didn't want it to end there. I thought it could be something that we, we could make work. And then I still do like think that it was the right call and the right decision. I don't regret it. I, th- I mean, obviously Jojo's a good friend of mine now. I think she's like the coolest girl ever, but yeah. Um, I know that like my thought process was just answering that question is like, who can I not, not see tomorrow? Yeah. And, and you know, th- things change and fade, but like as the, that wasn't like a day of thing that was, I had known for probably the day before that, like, I'm pretty, I'm, I was really confident in that choice. Okay. So obviously, yes, that didn't work. I don't think we need to really <laughs> expand on that. But what I'm, what I'm curious about is when we go to, to your end of things, what women tell all is like for you. Are you nervous for women to come at you? Yes. Because you're already on like a thin, like, you're already, emotionally un like yeah like unstable or like fragile coming into that and so as as a result like you're i have no clue what the women think of me like i have no clue if they hate everything about me i have no clue (laughs) if they feel like i was such a big disappointment to them and they're going to tell me that in my face and like i have no clue and so you're sitting in the back room not watching it are you watching no you're not watching you're just sitting in the back room like pacing doing on it okay until your your time comes 
And then you just go out there in front of a live audience with these ladies and you just wait for the firing squad to happen. And um, I felt the same way. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, no, it's not like it's not enjoyable. It was fun. It was really. And here's the second part of it. And I think most bachelors and bachelors would agree. So this like you're also somewhat excited to see everybody again. And so you're nervous that they're going to just crush you. And then you're also excited and you kind of want to just like give everybody a hug and be, and I mean, at least I was like, be like, it's good to see you. Like, thank you for doing this with me. I need you to know how important this was for me that, and like, thank you for being here. Um, but you don't really get that opportunity. I just remember they were like this, you get one chance. And I, and even Chris looked at me, Olivia, do you have anything to say? And I was like, no, honestly, no. Like, what are we going to do right now? What, I, I don't want to like pile on you for no reason. At that point, we all know this is like a, a long way past what it, what we did. So it's like, it just seems weird to have to relive all that stuff, which I guess is what we're doing right now with greatest seasons ever or whatever <laughs> that is. Yeah. So it's weird. It did. I mean, it does, it does, it always feels weird to relive. I mean, it especially is feeling more and more weird in my life now because, you know, obviously I'm engaged. Um, and so to pull back these memories, to speak about these memories for her to have to hear about these memories, like it, it's, it's gets more weird, um, every time. However, you know, Jessica told me this the other day and she's like, I need you to enjoy this week because I don't think we would be together and you would have we reached out to me on Instagram if you weren't on the show. And so don't always look at this as a bad thing. Try to see the good parts of what this is, which is just a great thing for her to tell me. And in, I'm not, and so like I am looking back on this whole thing and being appreciative of the great moments, the great people I've met, the stories that were told, the relationships that, that happened and ended. Um, there was a lot of life lessons in that in during this time that I am appreciative for. I think we all would agree with that. Yeah. Well, before we talk about Jessica, because I do want to talk about Jessica, but Victoria Bannock said, is there anyone from Bachelor Nation that he would like to see as a future lead on the show? Uh, Well, yeah. I mean, a lot. I, I mean, there's... I mean, I think when it comes to men... I think our next bachelor is a great choice. I think it was just a really, really great decision. Um, yeah. I don't know if there's any men right now that are sitting there single who haven't done it before who I'm like, I know that they are the perfect thing for this. I mean, like a lot of my buddies now are in relationship or they've done this before. Um, I would agree with that. Like the yeah. Wells and the Deans and, you know, Nick's mm -hmm. done this before, you know, he's, yeah, he's been around. Girl wise, um, I mean, there's just a ton of them. Uh, the Tia's of the world. Uh, I would love from some of the girls from my season. Like, I would still love for Amanda Stanton uh, to get a shot. I don't know if she ever would now. Uh, yeah. But you would be a fantastic. I just think. I think you, as we saw. I think you just need to think about coming back on something. See how that works out <laughs> somehow, some way. Um, Oh, nothing that involves swimsuits. Yeah, you got to get back. No, no. But uh, I don't know. I don't know if there's anybody that, like really stands out to me right now. I think they have some good choices. I remember even when they were picking the Bachelorette this year, I was like, I don't know who they're going to choose. Obviously, I never had thought of Claire. And then, you know, with the Bachelor, it's somebody that we've never seen before. So it feels like everybody's kind of in that place. I like this question. Lauren Olander said, if Chris Harrison left and Ben was offered his position, would he take it? So, uh, Here's how I think through this question. 
What a t- like, how do you replace Chris Harrison? Like you can't. It's hard. Like, you you're the, but you're the perfect Ben. So yeah. You but know, what kind of shoes do you have it. to feel, fill, fill? Like you're speaking of setting people up just to be disappointed. Like <laughs> you're trying to be oh, the next Chris Harrison, and you would always be the next Chris Harrison. Like there would be no, there would be no ability to make like, this whole show is built on him, and he's the best host of all time and this whole thing works because of him he can't do it forever he can't do it forever so here's how i answer it if i had chris's blessing that would be important the second is i would know going in and every fan would know going in that i was going to try my best to be my best knowing i wasn't going to be chris harrison i was going to be something different then i would say yes in a second because it is the coolest and best job of all time but but (laughs) i also want to preface and say like you're also setting yourself up for like some some really tough shoes to fill. Uh, some failure for sure, yeah. at least at first. Oh, definitely. Well, you say we we talk about Jessica, your fiance, yeah. and you did mention that you messaged her mm-hmm. on Instagram. Yep. There's probably a lot of people who have heard this story, but for anyone who hasn't, what did you message her and how did you find her? Yeah, so I was in Nashville, Tennessee. I was at a fundraiser for an organization I'm a part of, Humanity and Hope United. And uh, and then um, I was staying at the Hilton downtown. So it's right next to Bridgestone Arena in Nashville. And I was checking into the hotel and there's this hockey team checking in and people were taking pictures with him. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna go check out to see who's ta- like, what team has been tagged at this location recently uh, and find out what team this is. And so I got up there and I clicked on the the location and Bridgestone Arena's pictures came up and her picture was there. And I saw it and I went, holy cow, that girl is gorgeous, like beautiful. And I I mean, I I didn't know her. And so at the time I was like, I want to message her. And then I was like, that's creepy and weird. And so I just screenshotted it and thought, I'm just going to sit on this for a bit. Well, Life got in the way, and I kind of had forgotten. And it wasn't until six months later during uh, Thanksgiving that I was taking pictures with my family, and my phone ran out of storage. And I went back to delete old pictures that I actually saw that picture and said, no, now's the moment. Like, I'm going to message her. And so I messaged her something like, hey, uh, don't ask how I know you, uh, (laughs) please. But if you're single and ever in Denver, I'd love to take you out sometime. And she just responded with like, I am single, never in Denver, but I'd still like you to take me out sometime or something like that. Did she ever watch your season? No, never seen it. Still, still to this day has never seen it. Wow. The Bachelor like wow. comes up in our conver- in our life like never. Like I, I don't think other than obviously like a lot of my job, like my podcast and, you know, with the coffee shops and, and generous coffee, like a lot of the stuff is the promotions because of the show and, and things other than like, I, th- I think like ancillary, like second touch things. We never have talked about the show really. Um, which is probably really healthy for. y'all. Oh, I think it's so healthy. Yeah. I think it's been, I think it's been really healthy for us and you know, and so this week's a weird week. There's been a lot of talk about it just from the outside and she's having to hear about it. Which isn't which isn't great, but it's only a week. People are like tagging her and uh-huh. stuff, which just drives me crazy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't love it. Um, and I know she sees I it. it. Uh, she's also like super. She like really cares, obviously, about us. And so she, even when she's tagged in it, like I don't think she pays. I think she like probably skips over it. I, I but like it. It also like I don't want to be. It hurts her like a lot. Like this is really yeah, weird for her to watch me 
date and pursue other people. That is just not a healthy thing. I'm hoping she doesn't watch. No, no. Oh gosh, she she'll never watch. Yeah, she'll never. Yeah. yeah, she'll she'll be far away on Monday night. How did you know she was the one? Um, I mean, honestly, like I knew, I knew she was the one very early on. And, and I, and I point this really to one thing, like she has just this tremendous amount of empathy for everyone and everything and everybody. And it's such an attractive quality to me that at that point in my life, when I first started dating her, I knew more what I was looking for. And that was somebody who was empathetic who wanted my life to expand by being in a relationship and not contract, who was accepting accepting of my love, who wanted me to be my best self and and was accepting of me helping them become their best self. And it was like really like the first conversation we'd had in person because we had FaceTime for so long where we talked right, faith, right. we talked life, we talked people and her love for every, all of those things was so dynamic that I was like, I, like I'd be lucky to wake up every morning and have this person as my partner. What's it like proposing during quarantine? Uh, wild. So for three months I had planned this proposal in New York city because I was on tour for the bachelor live on stage and right. Yeah. Yeah. I had, um, yeah. So I was on this tour. Uh, we were going to be in New York. I had planned this big, big proposal for three months and COVID hits and we, I go back to Franklin, Tennessee because it's where her family's at and where she's at. And I realized that like, I don't want to wait any longer to propose to her. Her family didn't want me to wait any longer. And I know, you know, Jessica probably didn't want me to wait any longer. And so, um, we planned this beautiful, like little moment in the backyard and her whole family was able to be there because they were all quarantined in the same house. And all so, there. Yeah. uh, it actually was just like really beautiful. The weirdest part and I, I had never even really thought about this, was that she never showed anybody outside of her family her ring for like months. And she never got the celebration as like a newly engaged person that most people do because she didn't see anybody for so long. That like it started to, I think, wear a little bit on, on us as a couple like feeling not unsupported because our family is supportive. Just like we didn't even get to see our friends to like have them tell us, hey, like, congrats like it was we, we were alone in a house and that was hard uh, and i'm sure a lot of people are experiencing something similar today you guys for anyone that doesn't know are long distance and that you're in denver and she's in nashville but it seems like the quarantine might have been good for you guys maybe this was the longest time that you've been like together in one place what was it like three months or something this was it yeah this was the long so before quarantine we had not spent more than 10 days together in a row Wow. Um, it's wild. No, I get that. Yeah. And so then quarantine hits and for all the, the, the difficulty of quarantine and, and COVID, one of the beautiful moments for us was we did, like you said, we had three months. She just left yesterday, uh, to go back to Nashville to start school, um, to be an esthetician. So she went back to Nashville, but like that was the first time we had separated in three months. And it's like, it was just it's hard. It was such a wild. It was just such a good time to be together, and now so hard for her to be gone. Well, and then I'm sure wedding planning during COVID is bizarre. You, you like want to start, but you don't know if you really can. Yeah. Um. So we've been planning. Uh. You know, we we would originally would have loved to be married. Um. By you know, like in, in end of this year, and then COVID hit, and so we decided to go for next year, and we're pointing towards November of next year. Um, nice. 
because her brother also plays professional baseball. And so he could be in season for the beginning of next year. And so we want him there. And so we kind of are planning around that and planning it far enough out that it's safe, that it's like going to be able to happen. Uh, we, but we do have like a lot of the details, like we're working on the details, guest lists and all that now. So that as we get closer, it's just fun and not so much stress. Would you move to Nashville? Would she move to Denver? She's going to move to Denver. Um, as soon as, as soon as we get married, she's going to move out here and, uh, yeah. And be with me. And we're going to start life out here. One of the cool parts is her whole family's in Nashville. And so her parents are super supportive and, and she, like Jess and I really want to start a life away from everybody right now. And then as we get older, maybe like go back to the Midwest and to Tennessee and to maybe like where my parents are at and spend more time there. But right now we just want to be away and alone and to enjoy this together. Well, I've met her a few times. I think she's freaking stellar. She's really awesome. And yeah. She's really awesome. Last two questions. Allison Carr, if you never went on the show at all, what do you think your life would look like now? That Allison, that is one of the scariest questions I've ever been asked. <laughs> um, you know, I was in a weird place, Olivia. Like when the show happened, uh, especially The Bachelorette, I, I mean, I really was. I, I joke about it now, but I, I had a job. That was a good first job, but it didn't have a lot of potential. Like I wasn't great at it, and I was, um, I don't, I didn't love it, and and I was at that point even considering leaving that job for another job or moving back to Indiana. Um, I had like not met a lot of people in Denver at that point, so I was kind of isolated. I wasn't in a good spot. Let's just say that um, mentally, and and. And then the show happens and it enhances everything. It The show happens and it opens my eyes up to a world I didn't know existed. The show happens and it it brings me a confidence um, that I don't think was unnecessary. Like I think I actually needed it and I think it's been good for me. Um, and so honestly, what I, I imagine my life would have been like and like it would, it would have been really... Um, it would have probably been back in Indiana. It would have been working for a job that paid good, but like was just a job and a job yeah. had very little risk to my life uh, yeah. and very little confidence. Yeah. And so like, yeah, it, it's wild to think about. Um, but I can't, I, yeah, it's a tough question. I can't I mean, imagine my life without the show now. I, I'm rambling, yeah. but I, I think to sum it all up, <laughs> I can't picture my life without the show. Last question, Julie O'Hara. What is the first place Ben would like to go once the world is ready for travel again? Uh, I got my so Julie, I got my um, scuba diving license. It was my goal at thirty to get my scuba diving certification, and so uh, I haven't been on a big scuba trip yet. And so I really want to go to like Rotan, Honduras, or somewhere like down south to scuba um, and enjoy uh, just seeing like the water um, again. And so that's one of the things I, I really am excited to do. Uh, I'm also, you know, I do have a coffee company and, and it's been a long time since I've visited our farms and I really want to get out to uh, our farms and to maybe like Africa where like some of our uh, coffee's grown that I've never been to. Uh, I just, yeah. And, and honestly, like to make it simple and, and I don't want to get too churchy with it. Like I'm excited to just be around people like in church and in work and like just be able to like hug somebody again and hug. like yeah. ask somebody how they're doing without like 
the fear of being afraid yeah. you're gonna spit on them yeah ask the question. i'm really excited for that <laughs> same oh yeah same well i appreciate this time with you and um i've told you this but i'm really grateful for what you did uh on the episode i had no idea that was coming um and it really meant a lot to me and um i feel so much lighter just like yeah so thank you for well for what you did well, thanks for having me on here really nice. and, and yeah. i appreciate you saying that but and i and i need to take a moment and and i've i've thought a lot about this especially since um you know it was brought to my attention that like you know when the show is re-airing and i was like okay thinking through like what could be the the negatives of this and thinking about like your story um you know you did nothing like you're the last time i think uh on this show, at least somebody that did nothing wrong to anybody else was then vilified and it wasn't fair to you. It, it wasn't, it's not okay. Uh, and what I really hope is not only is it a weight lifted from you, but it's also weight lifted for everybody then to show you love, to show you support because you deserve it. And it's been a long time. And I know this has been hard and there's this like, for what most people know you best uh, as is also the one thing that you're the thing that you want to run from the most. And I just want to have anybody listening to tell like, to like, this is an amazing opportunity, especially like right now to love on Olivia. Well, to show her just like how awesome she is that like, we don't need to pity love her that she doesn't need pity. But like, I think what you need is like to be told you did nothing wrong. You were a, a, this was an unfortunate scenario for you that like people, the women weren't great to you. And as a result, you came off, um, not looking awesome or not feeling awesome. And I just want people to love on you and tell you how great you are because you are that great. And I hope they can love and accept you well. Um, Thank and you. I'm thankful that I got to go on that show and do and do a little piece of that. I hope it helps not hurts. Um, no, it, yeah. it was really nice. And I'm really grateful for Brandy for forcing me oh, to yeah. come over to her house one time when you were there. That's right. I forgot that. <laughs> she was like, show up. And I was like, I can't, I can't do it. No way. I think I took a shot like right before I came and then another one right when I got to her house. But ugh, I was like, what have I been wasting all this time being so weird about? Because he's like totally freaking cool. And I'm really glad. And um, yeah, I'm just really glad that I, I did this weird, strange experience and got to meet you. And I hope that we're friends for seriousness. That's right. You know? We are, Olivia. And uh, hey, Good. final <laughs> final point is best yeah. advice, always listen to Brandy. <laughs> oh, she's going to love that she's part. Gonna I'm going to have to send that to she's her. She's going to love it. Always listen to Brandy. So, hey, Olivia, you're great. Thank you. Thanks, Ben. I appreciate you. Appreciate you too. Happy Father's Day, by the way. <laughs> this is a fun, fun little day. Thanks for giving me time. I'm not a father okay. that I know of, but... Well, there's many good ones out there and that's what's cool, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks. Olivia. Okay. Bye. Hun. Bye.